0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Welcome into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. It's beautiful outside here. In Chicago, where House of Wrestling is located, and we are so happy to have him here today, sitting in the living room, Fireside, chatting all things pro wrestling with us. It is our friend, comedian Dan St. Germain. Dan, I thank like, you so much for taking the time to chat with me.
2: I like uh, Firehouse Chat in it. Fi- oh, you mean Fireside Chatting? <laughs> Fireside Chatting, yeah. Firehouse Chatting is <laughs> probably just talking about, you know. How fucking hot they are in those count. Are we allowed to curse? You could say you could
1: curse. I think cursing's all right
2: here. Never mind. I think me asking, uh, are we allowed to curse, saved that joke. So, (laughs)
1: okay, good. Yeah, no, but a firehouse, you know, this, it's like, you know, I'd like it if the house arresting was a firehouse, like uh, the Ghostbusters with the pole and
2: everything. Yeah, yeah. I would, I mean, I I think so, you know. You got to get more action figures, though, and like belts and crazy stuff. And back right. of you. You gotta do like uh the TGI Fridays, you know, mm-hmm. Chicago. Uh what's the uh pro wrestling tease? Like make it like that in the background, bro. Oh,
1: sure. Yeah, lots of shirts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, You're I, I gotta these...
2: man, your wife wouldn't mind an entire uh retrospective of nineteen eighties wrestlers in back of her. She doesn't care, she doesn't care. Yeah.
1: She lets it go, she's cool. <laughs> um Well, we are here in the firehouse for a fireside chat today with Dan talking all things professional wrestling. And, of course, we are doing so on the Premier Streaming Network. Every Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern, tune in to Premier Streaming Network. Watch on Premier.com. Sign up for Premier Plus to watch us noon Eastern twice a week. It's me, Cavalcade, of great guests, great co-hosts here, like our friend Dan St. Germain. And, Dan... You're a man of the hour right now because Cancel you have your
2: observer. Cancel your observer. No, way I-, I was
1: just on the observer on Sunday. We're
2: we're, oh, we're. I want to start like a war, like a war between these uh, the wrestling media.
1: God, I'm so over it. Like I'm launching my brand at 38, and that's about where my desire for drama died. You know, I am <laughs> dead with that inside. <laughs> I- it very much is like this barbecue aesthetic where I'm just like, hey, you're cool. Why don't you come on over? Let's have some brats. That's fine. Yeah, That's... there we go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. That's what you
2: were saying, though, sir. Uh,
1: well, I was saying that you're the you're the man of the hour right now because you have some of the biggest shows of your life oh, coming up goodness. here in the comedy world. Why don't you tell everybody out there uh, why? You know, will
2: be at uh, Old Man Hustle, Brooklyn Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I'm going to be there June 1st, 8 and 10 p.m., and Adrian Appalucci is going to be on the show. Scott Chaplin's going to be on the show. It's going to be a blast, man. Uh, tickets are limited. So, uh, please, you know, either go to my Instagram. I have the ticket link on my bio. Uh, Nick is going to tweet my ticket link, I believe. And uh, I will also uh, – I also have it on my website. So, please check it out. Come see me. I think it's going to be a fun show. I haven't done, like, a filmed half-hour special in, like, ten years. Wow. You know? So – um i'm I'm not even sure how long it's gonna be but yeah i think it's i think it's gonna be like half. i keep going like like i think people want less now Mm. you know (laughs) like i look at how great wwe has been since they've gone back to four-hour pay-per-views yeah or three-hour pay-per-views or whatever
1: it is it is an easy breezy we're gonna get into it here because we had two we had we had a lot actually we had several shows here this past weekend but you know it is noticeable now that wwe has this formula where it's like seven matches, international market, uh, you're going to get a couple big matches, and then some kind of bloodline, you know, the next uh, bead of sand through the hourglass kind of vibe.
2: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, they're, they're, they just they just know what's important, and then plus they can make their TV more important, you know, have one match... You know, the Friday beforehand. Have the Karrion Cross Rey Mysterio match the Friday beforehand. You know, like, spread it out a little bit. I mean, AEW, I will say that's not their problem. They always have a big main event every week. But it's just building to that main event, that seems to be their problem.
1: Well, we're going to get to AEW here in literally just one moment. Uh, Lastly here, in my little intro spiel, uh, the podcast feed, House of Wrestling. Go over there, subscribe. Your nice reviews, your nice ratings. They are invaluable to the success of this show when it comes to finding new listeners, uh, advertisers, that kind of deal. So please give us a subscribe. And Dan, wow, I left everybody before I took off for Memorial Day weekend with a real a great one. Friday afternoon, it was Friday morning actually, Frank the Clown. Frank the Clown.
2: Oh, wow, you booked him. Finally, somebody booked him. Mm -hmm. I know. It was tough.
1: I, I paid... $50,000 Fifty thousand dollars to get Frank the Con for this interview.
2: <laughs> you let him crash on your couch for the night. <laughs> I did. He got the full Genetti. He got yeah, a. He... That's that's actually great when somebody somebody's homeless and they crash with you. It's the full Genetti.
0: <laughs>
1: you get a you get a turkey sandwich on yeah. on rye bread.
2: Turkey sandwich, some warm fire, some good stories, and then it's oh. off on your way. Yeah, there you go.
1: All right. Uh, well, let's get into it. Here, we are going to start off with the AEW block. We'll talk some WWE stuff later. Before we got, before we get to Double or Nothing, and some of the big notes coming out of it. Uh, Fightful had this report. I heard about this backstage meeting. I couldn't get, I didn't get word on what it was, but thankfully there, I didn't have to do anything. Sean Rossap did it for us. Uh, Adam Hopkins he held this, uh, what essentially sounds like a talent media yep. relations meeting the afternoon of Double or Nothing. He acknowledged that a lot of the talent is talking to the quote-unquote dirt sheets, not a term I love, uh, but yeah. said that when they're talking to people like me, Sean, whoever, in the press. did to, they mention you? I don't think – it's not in the report. My name's not mentioned. But I'm yeah. just saying, for example. That would be huge. Oh, it would be great, wouldn't it? Nick Houseman, yeah. direct threat, right? No. I'm just in the general quote-unquote, and for those in the podcast, you can't see the bunny ears, quote-unquote, I'm just part of the dirt sheets. <sighs>
2: Well, it's gotten to the point though for some of these places. I'm not not you guys, but like some of these places. Like when you see the reporting, you can tell who's talking to who now. (laughs) It never used to be that bad. Where it was like, oh, this is CM Punk's team, or oh, this is Kenny's team. Like it's like you immediately know who's talking for which wrestler now.
1: Well, I think I think it's interesting too because pro wrestling has this interesting mix of uh, like. Punditry and journalism combined, yeah. right? You know, like in a lot of places, the journalists do the journalizing, and then the pundits, pundit, about the journalizing. And they reference back to journals. It's kind of all one job, right? Yeah. And that's something I've been thinking about. I'll smoke a bowl. I'll think about that sometimes. Why is that weird and different? Yeah, there we go. Isn't that
2: fun? Oh well, you know, like we used to think about the universe, and now it's just about our our place in the podcasting yeah. pantheon. I guess so, man.
1: Well, um, then. Back to this meeting, Adam says, When you're talking to whoever, uh, when you say off the record, you should know what that means. And I'm actually kind of heartened by it, sounds like how this meeting went. It didn't, it, the way it summarized wasn't finger wagging, wanting to help the talent and the company protect itself by not letting you know misinformation. I mean, they got get a lot out. of
2: good guys over there, you know, they got yeah. you know, Tony and Matt Giovanni, they got uh, they got Jerry Wynn, they got Pat Buck, they've got a lot of you know, they got a lot of people who. I think would do very well if, if they were, you know, kind of given agency and I'm not sure maybe they are given agency, but I, I, you know, I know Tony's like really hands on, but um, yeah, I mean, like it shouldn't just be chaos. Like, yes, there's chaotic personalities there, but you don't have to give them the microphone every time. (laughs) You know?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm just happy to hear that this meeting happened with the talent because it is, it can get confusing because like, if you've not been to journalism school and you don't understand what terms like background and off the record and on the record really mean like yeah. you can you could get into some trouble so like you know when you explicitly say something's off the record for those of you that, that don't know that means that i can't say that i have a source or anything that a source said to me if i say that you're on background that means i could say i have a source but i can't say who the source is and of course on the record means you're telling me something i can say this person said that thing to me that's the three tiers and i'm just kind of glad that was cleared up with the wrestlers so they can have better conversations with the press. I thought I just thought it was a very positive off,
2: off the record, I don't think these wrestlers give a shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised on the wrestler, uh how how easy it can be to get confused in these things. So yep. t- sounds like this meeting went really well, set a good tone. Uh it was worth it's worth noting that just in general from the reports we got coming out this weekend it sounds like this is a much more light weekend in general. Not a lot of chaos, yeah. not a lot of drama in regard to the actual atmosphere. Not a, not
2: a lot of audience. <laughs>
1: well, oh man. Man, oh man. There were some, you know, there were some rough photos coming out. Uh, I, I don't like to be a photo guy usually. I don't know
2: if, when they took it. I mean, if they took yeah. it right to the show, who knows? But some of them looked like they were smack dab in the middle of that show, brother.
1: But then others I saw photos where I was like, Well, this doesn't look so bad. It's like a magic eye.
2: <laughs> like what am yeah, I see- the parts There's no audience you're just supposed to be seeing Rabbits or
1: whatever. <laughs> exactly it was a Bray Wyatt tease That's yeah, why Bray the audience was Well,
2: surprised. Maybe that's where he's going we haven't heard from him in a while That's true uh,
1: So uh, yeah so that was that meeting it Set a good tone everybody was playing the video game Backstage is what Fightful was saying Everybody had a chance to play the video oh, game wow. liked, liked the new video game by and large I saw Will Watch.
2: The controls of no mercy that's all we care about
1: they uh, apparently it plays like an old school plays like the old school games that we knew and loved like no mercy. Yeah.
2: Oh, awesome. That's great. That's great. I don't care. Like there's enough good wrestlers that I'll enjoy it. Like for me, it's all functionality. Like the WWE games look beautiful and it's amazing what they're able to do in them, but it's not as like, it's just a little bit more difficult. And when I I, like play a video game, I just want to like, Completely bomb out, like have absolutely no cognitive function. Just you know,
1: focus on the game. My my wife yeah. is uh is lost in Zelda right now. That's I I see her intermittently
2: when she's. I right hear it's awesome.
1: Yeah, well, must be. uh a- <laughs> When you play when you play Zelda, well, must- Zelda's the name of her personal trainer. Every Come day. on now, Scandoval over here. There. Um. So when you play a video game, when you play a wrestling game, do you go into, do you do the uh, game mode first? You go into and do whatever the challenges, or do you create a wrestler and just mess around first? Which What's your problem? I don't create a
2: wrestler. I usually just do exhibitions and stuff. Like, that's how far I am. I did start the Rey Mysterio one, and I was like, okay, this is fun. But then, like, you, like, start playing that, and you're like, oh, I kind of want to know more about these moves, you know? So, like, then you do the exhibition and, like, the way lat- all those like once you learn how to play then i think you should do the story
1: okay i agree i i agree it is tough i got to play a little bit of the, the new wwe game uh royal rumble weekend i think it was earlier this year and i got so frustrated because i'm not a video game person i felt so bad i felt like the oldest person in the room everybody else seemed to pick up on it real quick and i just i don't know yeah, I mean, some game people
2: game. Are fine. i think it's just maybe us maybe i don't know
1: mario party that's my game um well, Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli also spoke. Uh, apparently, Danielson made a quip about how he's maybe not the person to be talking about media literacy because uh, when he was trying to promote his match uh, earlier, was I think it was Claudio. Anyway, everybody was wow. talking about apple semen or something like that. I have the quote right in front of me.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I the did you just say the apple semen?
1: Apple semen. Like he brought up apple semen in a in an interview, and then everybody was talking about that. And not the match he was supposed to be. Oh, hiding.
2: that was the—that <laughs> was his advice for dealing with the press.
1: Yeah, he was like, "I don't know if I should be talking about this because I'm really, I'm not great with press. I, I did this that's, interview. That's actually
2: brilliant, man. Yeah, it's that's actually uh, hey, Brian, uh, Brian Daniston, What happened during the scrum? Well, I wasn't, uh, wasn't there. I was too busy thinking about donkey fucking.
1: Well, you go. Then,
2: what's the, what's the article the next day? Right. <laughs> Ryan brings up donkey fucking out of nowhere. You know, like that's that's what people want to talk about. He he's an interesting
1: guy. I I'm i I'm sure you watched every episode of, of Total Bell as Intently.
2: Oh totally. No, I actually I don't think I've ever watched a full episode, but I did watch clips here and there. I watched the one where they were chopping wood. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. That's well cool. there there was an episode where him and uh, I forget who it was. Was it him and Mo I, I don't know if it was Mox, it was some other guy, but they go to like a clinic to get like the pads attached to their abs. So they could feel what it's like when a woman gives birth, like they could get that sensation, you know? Yeah. It's like every 90s
2: sitcom plot.
1: Sure. Brian Danielson laid there in a meditative state talking about how he wanted to birth a child and he was loving the experience. It was the wildest thing I've ever watched in my entire <laughs> life.
2: Uh, he's like a he's like a tree spirit, you know.
1: He's like if I could carry the child, would. he wanted to he wanted to go through birth.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he'd want to do that. Pushing a, a live thing through a urethra is. You know, that's what I say about everybody's mom, you know, no matter what, she like bore you through the most painful method possible, and then didn't spend her whole life seeking revenge. <laughs> like almost every other g- if that happened to a guy, he'd be like, Oh, you went through my dick hole. Well, I'm gonna make your life <laughs> miserable you know like so well i guess that's you come my, uh, that's my women's statement of the month folks
1: great and don't and again don't forget right. to catch right. dan right. here in a couple
2: days over at where again it's brooklyn the, uh- comedy club old man hustle in <laughs> williamsburg there we go thank uh, you williamsburg it's off the bedford stop uh a couple blocks down uh eight and ten uh it should be a lot of fun man so just you know Buy the tickets online. I have a a link on my Instagram, and I have a link on my website. Or uh, Yeah, please do that, actually, before
1: we fill it. Fantastic. All right, moving on to the actual Double or Nothing. We have not even spoken of this card yet. Now, uh, surprisingly, the Four Pillars... Surprisingly, unsurprisingly, I was surprised, but the Four Pillars match actually didn't main event this show. It was a semi-main event. MJF... It was a good match. Very good match. Best match on the show. Uh, MJF uh, retained unsurprisingly PW Insider saying MJFD, he, he banged his forearm in this top rope spot with Darby Allen, but it's not Uh-oh. broken. He's not going to miss any time. Um, and also before this match, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti
2: announced that they are pregnant via poster boards. Like I saw that in
1: Jacksonville.
2: I was like, man, this guy keeps turning heel every time they want him to be face. Um, yeah, man. I mean, they're going to, you know now it's going to be the conversation is going to be about you know we talk about that is the that's the uh, apple semen of, uh, you know what I mean? That is the, like, that's the checkmate of apple semen. Sure. Just like, well, oh, let's not talk about uh, this program. Let's talk about this baby.
1: <laughs> hey, like, I thought it was a nice little throwaway, you know? And is Sammy, yeah. is he a baby face now or is he still heel? Is he a heel? He like was a
2: baby st- over the last couple of weeks. And I don't, okay. I mean, I don't know why. He's such a great heel. Just keep him heel and get him away from Jericho. Just have him do his own thing.
1: All right. Um, well, MJF here, Max. And I saw—I wasn't in the press scrum. I was at home watching this all from from my <laughs> house. But man, Max is in his zone right now. He had—he had Tony Khan doing some double takes at the table there with some of his post-show comments. Did you catch any of of Max's? I saw post-show? the one
2: where he was talking about WWE, and I don't know. It looked like the—the you know, only thing that made me think that it wasn't planned is that it looked somewhat natural, like how you oh. would react. If sure. you're, like, I feel like if Tony planned it, he would have like, you know, Looney Tunes, bulging eyes. And cause we've seen him do that yeah. before with Kenny and he just, you know, he thinks like, I don't know. He thinks that like the, the GM should act like the Butler in a home alone movie, you know, just kind of like, what's going on here? You know, like it's. Mm. Um, it is. It is. Cause I look back, you know,
1: the barometer for me is the all out media scrum, you know, how Tony kind of, you know, didn't intervene or do anything as as that whole situation played out. So I kind of, I got similar, uh, similar takes, but I think, I I don't know. I know Max has a lot of creative freedom.
2: I know Tony has a lot
1: of trust in Max these days.
2: I think, I I think that's an angle Tony's totally in on. Yeah. Because I I mean, Tony did the answering machine thing. Like, I don't think that that's, you know, I I think it was a work, but my, my, my first feeling was this is, this is a total work.
1: So where do you go with him from here? Because, I mean, he he straight up said he, he doesn't want to work or isn't going to work for Bidden Door, whether or not that's true. I don't know. But that would make sense. They could build a card without Max a part of it if they want and save him for Wembley, which is going to be a, an intense amount of people. What do yeah. you? Where do you go with this guy next?
2: With MJF? Yeah. I mean, I personally think he should retire Sting. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't think that this Darby story is over um i think that they need to put the focus on max again and the only way to do that is through having a singular storyline with somebody who means something putting you over um brian danielson for whatever reason he put max over and it just didn't you know like like max beat him at brian's match it was a fantastic match but it wasn't compelling as far as a week-to-week thing because they were like trying to do too many things. Yeah. If the story here is I want to be great uh, and the only way that I can, I, I can, you know, let people know that I'm the greatest in this business. If I retire a legend and then you do the whole old man sting thing, you're not going to take me out, blah, blah, blah. And um, Yeah. I mean, I think that's the way to go. And I don't know, like, I don't, nobody wants to see anything but Kenny versus punk or the elite versus uh, punk and FTR. Like it's like, so whatever happens, I know they're gonna do something else with everybody. but, like, as we saw with the Blackpool Combat Club, when you don't get what you want, people are less interested
1: sure i I thought uh, I thought it was the right call what they did with the finish there. I, I agree, it doesn't look like I'm talking about anarchy in the arena, by the way, um yeah. with Takashida and everything. Uh, I. I, I thought that it was good because I was expecting Yuta to kind of be looking at the lights. And instead, he came out looking really strong here, and and the bookie again does seem to it's indicate so that tiny these guys. Though, huh? Well, you yeah. know, look, I, I thought I I had my I had all my not all my chips, but I had much of my chips on him being the fall guy in this match, and they did the opposite here, and they're doing they're genuinely trying to make this guy something, you know.
2: You yeah, know? I mean, look, he's a he's very compelling in ring. It's just. He's a lot smaller than Kenny. I didn't realize how much smaller he is. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good match. Uh, but back to your original question, that, that's what I think. I do MJF Sting. How about you?
1: No, I I would just replace Sting with Goldberg. I think Goldberg is the low hanging fruit here for a big Wembley match. Um, I would. I want to see Sting and Darby uh, go, and I want I want Darby to take out Sting in the end. I think that one of them
2: turning on Darby, the other. You think he'd work as a heel? I, I maybe Sting is a heel, right? Wouldn't that be great? Well, nobody nobody would buy that though. He's like in that rarefied air where it make, it makes more sense. You know, it know. makes like, like turning Austin heel right now. You know, it would be very weird, I think.
1: I don't know. I, I think D- I Darby turning on Sting or something. I that's the last program, right? Why have him why have that much history built up between these two guys and not pay it off with one big kind of angle at the end there? Yeah, I or or yeah, I that's that's my opinion. I would go that direction. Find a way to make it work.
2: I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I would. Uh,
1: Dan Saint Germain nonplussed by this idea. Absolutely. I, I don't non-plussed. know. I
2: just don't think. I, I don't think. I don't think you want to see it. You know, it's like when the Hardys fight. You never want to see it. I just don't think you want to see it. I, don't, I personally don't want to see it. Okay. Fine. Uh, I, I do think that Sting would have a better match with MJF than Goldberg would have. Oh, uh, for sure.
1: I think so too. I I just think the guy. I mean, you can play that Rosie O'Donnell clip of MJF when he's like five, talking about how Goldberg's his favorite wrestler or whatever that is. I mean, I there's there's a built-in. I, mean, you know, I think it would
2: draw. I mean, it just also depends on what Bill wants to do. But I mean, it's a perfect feud for Bill. He gets to be a all he wants to be is a white meat babyface. And if he came back to WWE, I think he would have to be a heel. Um, mm. so you know, this is, uh, this is perfect for him. It, it's very possible. It's just, it also depends on how much money Tony wants to spend. Right. I mean, this guy's not going to, you know, do it for the love of the game. So.
1: Well, Tony does have a lot of money. That is a, a benefit of, of being Tony Khan in this situation. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, let's see also here, uh, the women, a lot of stories here, two big stories I should say coming out of the show involving the women. First of all, Chris Statlander uh, returned, she uh, picks up the victory in a surprise match over Jade Cargill. I didn't, did she have a money in the
2: bank? Like, what was that? It was just like,
1: no. It was Mark Sterling. Just was like, let's do another match. We're going to show how dominant Jade is. And out comes Chris Statlander. And then boom, you know. Did,
2: did Jade want the match or no?
1: I don't. I don't really remember exactly how it played out. I haven't watched yeah. it back this morning yet. But either I mean, way,
2: I think it's that's the person that should have broke the streak for sure. I, I just I. I wonder if they should have had more of a reason or saved it, but it was it was the biggest pop of the night for sure. I think. Oh, dude,
1: it lit up my timeline. I think it was I think it was maybe the the most buzzy thing coming out of the show.
2: Oh, I, like, I think so for sure. Yeah, crispy really buzzy thing coming out of the show.
1: Super, super buzzy, super positive. That's what you want to yeah. see here. Uh, so yeah. she she picks up this victory, a surprise match, fightful saying this has been planned for weeks. Uh, she's been recovering, working out in the ring before dynamite. And now Jade is expected to take some uh, some time off, if not uh, immediately, very, very soon. And she's going to come back with a personality shift. So some kind of we're going to change up the presentation of Jade Cargill a little bit when she comes back after a break.
2: Well, I mean, I hope that the person for Vince, that would mean you have a Jamaican accent now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm hoping like personality change means that she's just going for the world title. And I, maybe they're going to try to book her as a babyface. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I do think the baddies. It's that that's run its course. I thought that was good. I did think that was good, but I think it's run its course.
1: I think that she could be. I mean, she's got such a flair for fashion, right? So yeah. I'm just I'm wondering if it's just going to be a tone shift or something. She's obviously very talented. I'm interested. I like the idea of the the personality shift. Uh, but the other big women's uh, story coming out of the show: Tony Storm finally defeats Jamie Hater to become the definitive AEW Women's Champion. Uh, Hater is, according to a Fightful here, legitimately injured and was not cleared to do a six-woman match a few weeks ago. So I don't know if she's going to stick around, but she's tough through this. Tony Storm picked up the victory. And uh, onward, we roll into the UK, where I'm sure Tony Storm and whatever match she has here will be much anticipated. Well, I
2: thought they were going to have
1: Soraya win the title there. So That was what I thought, too. But, I mean, if Jamie's really hurt, what are you going to do,
2: you know? Yeah, well, if Jamie's hurt, you know, what are you going to do? But you can't really turn. I mean, Tony's been turned too many times, and Soraya can't. T- I mean, they both can't be turned right now. That's the thing that's, that's frustrating about it. I mean, it has be like a triple threat. I mean, I guess you can get away that way, put Britain there, you know?
1: It would just feel so awkward, I think, to, to force her into a match against Tony Storm right now. I would think you'd want to maybe put her in, a, in like a tag team title match of some kind. You know, uh,
2: women's tag, yeah, they don't have a women's tag yet, right?
1: No, but some kind of women's tag team match with
2: some stakes or something like
1: that to kind of get all the outcasts on there because the outcasts I think is actually starting to kind of work a little bit. I think it's one of those things that if you stick to it, the people involved are all are are a good fit for one another. So I would, I would be upset. I wouldn't, I wouldn't enjoy seeing Soraya get turned right
2: now. I mean, you could have Soraya go against Chris Statlander. Oh, sure for the other title. For the other title, you know, I mean, it would kind of by default make it the most important title, but
1: that's true. Uh, well, and you'd have both the titles in the the Outcast then. And one of the things I thought was interesting about Statlander as I was looking at uh, her comeback here on the media call this past week ahead of Double or Nothing, Tony Khan said um, that he didn't. Uh, I asked him about Mercedes Monae's injury and if they had any plans together, and he said that only he and her knew what plans they may have. And he hinted at them possibly doing something at Forbidden Door. It was Statlander back. I would think Statlander uh, Mercedes Monet would have been a possibility. I don't know for that show. How hurt is she? Who? Uh, uh, Sasha Banks. She reportedly broke her uh, ankle. So So how long are you supposed
2: to be out for that?
1: Like uh, I don't. I I I have not. I haven't heard anything good. I'll say in regard to her being at Forbidden Door. So I don't know well, what Yeah, that, I
2: don't I don't think well I just don't think that's possible right now. There's no, no. way that that's possible. Yeah. No, no, not at all.
1: Um but anyway, um I I was very happy uh uh for for Tony Storm and Chris Tatlander here. Great night for yeah. the women in AEW. Great night for the women in general this weekend. We got a couple uh, moments here we'll talk about two from Night of Champions. Half
2: of the Saudi show was women, which is crazy.
1: Dude, I thought well, you only had seven matches and they took up three and I kind of had to do a double take a couple times. Yeah looking at that card. Cause I was just surprised to see that.
2: Well, they all deserve to be there too. It wasn't like, you know, I think that that's the thing that it's, it's not like, look, it, it has nothing to do really with how many women's matches there are. It's it's, it has to do with the fact that like, are these meaningful storylines like, you know, and they kind of all, you know, like, you know, the real one we knew was going to be a, a squash, but like, it's still showcasing your hot new women's champion, you know, who's like going through everybody like Brock Um, so yeah, I think that that was the real credit is like, it didn't feel like we're main eventing the women or we're really featuring the women. It was just like, this is a WWE show. And you know, the fact that Sammy who's Syrian wins the title and that half the show's filled with women, like it doesn't matter. It's just that those were good. Those made sense with our story, you know, like, um, and what we were like leading through and and pushing, you know, in this company. So yeah, I thought that that was, that was a huge win for him.
1: Alright, last thing. We're going to talk about Knight of Champions here in just a second. The last thing I wanted to talk about coming out of Double or Nothing, uh, and it, no, it's not Sabu jumping through a table. As great as as a highlight reel moment as that was there. Obviously, he was very important to the overall show. Um, <laughs> Orange Orange Cassidy retained his AEW International title in the opening uh, Blackjack Battle Royal match.
2: Yeah. Um, what'd you think of this one? I thought... You know, I, I walked away just amazed by swerve because it, it's mm-hmm. like that guy gets like no TV time or he does on Fridays and nobody fucking watches on Fridays. Right. So um, like he gets in a match and he makes he gets you to care about him within the match. Like in the beginning of the match, you start out and you're like, oh, I haven't seen this guy in a while. And then by the end of it, you're like, wow, I kind of want to see this guy beat Orange Cassidy. Um and, uh, so that was my takeaway. It was like, that swerve. they need to be doing more with swerve. Um, because that was great as far as orange winning. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't argue with that. I mean, look, the la- I, I, I separate this into two matches, the last part, which was orange and swerve, which I thought was a blast. Oh yeah. And then there was the rumble part, which, you know, there's just like certain things that happen as far as like, guys get coverage of a moonsault. You know, like there's just certain like production mistakes that you watch, um, that are, are are kind of annoying. But um,
1: did they ever explain why some people started outside and some people started inside? I don't know if I was just distracted. And I missed no, they
2: never it. explained that. But it, it wasn't like yeah, because <laughs> they, there were so many people outside that it looked like an over the top battle royal.
1: So because
2: like uh, TNA gimmick thing.
1: Right, right, but not everybody was rushing into the ring. Like just some people just decided to start outside the ring fighting and then make yeah. their way into the ring eventually at yep. the th- at the right time. Yeah, okay. got it. All right. It. Uh over to WWE now. Uh Night of Champions was on Saturday afternoon. Man, I don't necessarily love the vibe, right? Obviously, sometimes uh of the Saudi shows, but it's so nice to have a nice Saturday afternoon. Shows to watch wrestling wise did you have a chance to to sit down have a nice lunch it did
2: my buddy nathan came over we watched it and then we recorded for my podcast wrestle roasts we recorded uh, our patreon the next day where we talked about it me scott and robert um yeah it was uh i mean it was a totally enjoyable show like it just felt like you know i mean my my two experiences from both shows this weekend where WWE felt like a really fun show and kind of a nice break because my my week's been crazy. Sure. Um, and then for AEW, like I came home, I watched it last night after I watched Secession or two nights ago. Sorry. Um, yeah, I watched uh, I watched AEW and it just felt like I was watching like a four hour dynamite. You know. Okay.
1: Yeah, that is. I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there for that. Is the it's WWE a really good
2: dynamite, but it, it, nonetheless a dynamite
1: sure well that's because they do so much big stuff on dynamite these days you know there it's not uncommon to see a a big hardcore crazy bloody match it's not uncommon to see two huge stars go up against each other and and that's why you're gonna see it it is uncommon to see some of the stuff we saw at at night of champions Uh, a couple great examples first of all obviously i did not expect them to go anywhere near as far with the bloodline stuff to close the show as they did were were, were you caught Mm -hmm. off guard by how far they it. was a it little there.
2: caught off guard, but right afterwards it's, it's actually was a little like secession where something catches you off guard, but then afterwards you're like, oh no, that makes completely complete sense with the character they've set up. Okay. Because Jimmy's Jimmy's never been Jay's the one who's psychologically tormented. Like Jay Jimmy's just pissed, you know? Like so and he's always acted like pissed. and he's really never been at the brunt of Roman's bullshit until the last like month or so. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it was a, I think it was a good move. It's kind of always weird that these happen in Saudi, you know, given the the country's geopolitical status where you kind of want to wish it was like, well, I couldn't have spent a money in the bank, but um, I think it sets up, you know, I really thought that they were going to put the titles on Roman and solo because I thought that that was going to set up the main event of this year's SummerSlam, but I guess they're not, you know, they're just going to do, they're just going to do the titles. uh, Yeah.
1: How how do you how do you beat Sam? He comes out, and he cuts a promo in Arabic.
2: Well, you <laughs> couldn't beat him then, that's no, for sure.
1: No way! I saw that man come out, and I was like, "That is a man who is walking away as champion here tonight, very, very strongly, mind you, as well." It well, was just
2: great theatrics at the end, too. Oh, so.
1: and the thing I like about the Bloodline matches now, and I, and look, I get it. Some people really hate run-ins and all of that type stuff, and it, WWE really isn't as bad about it as they used to be. But mm-hmm. it is expected pretty... Every every Roman Reigns match now is like a three-part soap opera of characters. I mean, there's wave yeah. after wave of some kind of interference or some kind of something happening.
2: You know, so- and a tribute to their creative, like, I cared, you know? Like, I never thought, like, you know, ever since Roman said he was going to their tag titles, I cared again. And I thought, like after the Sammy Kevin and after Cody losing, I wasn't going to care about the storyline and they made me care again. So, you know, tip tip of the old hat to to WWE and Stanford.
1: Yeah. And I'm, and look, I'm on the hook to see how this all plays out on Friday. I want to see what happens here with all these guys. I'm glad they stayed away from it on Monday night there. You know, there's obviously still some weeding out going on, but after the draft who gets to appear on shows that actually define those shows, but yeah. they're doing a good job. The bloodline stuff—they're saving for Friday. I think it's a really good move. I'm glad they didn't really push it on Monday night,
2: you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, let's see. As we're, as we're talking about this here, uh, let's see. Jimmy Uso turns on Roman. We have uh, Seth Rollins captures the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. It's the match that opened the show. Are you as kind of up in arms, upset about the presentation of this belt? AJ Styles calling it secondary and opening the show do you care i mean
2: it is you know yeah i mean i think they've made some missteps with this title i mean i think it actually looks pretty good on seth i will say that so the look of it i I, i'm growing on the look of it but yeah i mean what's the ic title then you know it almost seems like you should merge both and make a super ic title (laughs) i don't know um but it is, it is, you know, AJ's like pathologically honest in a lot of these interviews. Like, even when they were asking him about um, the uh, Boneyard match or whatever, like, he uh, he's like, yeah, they don't want to call it a cemetery match because, you know, COVID and all these people dying. Like, he just says whatever on top of his head a lot of the times. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to fault him for that, but it's, uh, yeah, it's for sure a secondary title. And, you know, they put the, Look, I mean, I don't love this Seth character, but I think in the ring, he's fantastic. And I, I do think he's over like Rover. So it's like y- you had to put it on him. Um, great call.
1: I thought, yeah. I think great call. Great time. Great timing for it. Doesn't feel forced. You know, again, I yeah. go back to the man makes the title. The title doesn't make the man. The crowd yeah. wants Seth Rollins to be champion right now. He's the top guy on Raw. They're going to go with it. They're going to roll with it. He felt like the biggest thing on Monday Night Raw. And if you keep Roman away from him so you don't actually see him in a shadow, he seems like the biggest thing in the world.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I would go that far, but he seemed, you know, he's like, you know, like my, my only thing with Seth is sometimes there's like a little bit of flop sweat where it's like, you know, like I'm trying to be this kind of eccentric character rather than I'm actually this eccentric guy, you know, um, so that's sometimes I feel like there's a disconnect for me with that. But, you know, in ring, he's amazing. And the audience does like love him. He's super over. Yeah. Um, I just think I, I like his I like him as a heel, man. <laughs> I like Seth as an obnoxious heel. That's my I
1: kind of I'm, I'm, I'm loving him as an obnoxious baby face just because I like when I can see a baby face. It's having fun. Like that's the hardest part of being a baby sure. face, is going out there every night and having to be this likable person and just have, it's, it can be taxing. Like when you, when you talk to guys that have been the top baby face guy for a long time, John Cena's talked about this. It's hard, right. To go out there every night and do the same thing over and over again, but he's having fun. I like Seth in that position and who I really liked on Monday night was Dominic Mysterio, who once again, getting nuclear heat. If you put that guy. in a a heat
2: uh, magnet. It's crazy,
1: man. We're about, we're about a, we're about three years away from a Dominic Mysterio renaissance in my opinion
2: <laughs> so he's got to go away for a little bit for like three years we got to forget about him and then he comes back better than ever
1: oh yeah and he's got all this steampunk stuff and he's like look at my flying machines
2: it's just insane that this character in 2020 like the, there's a character in 2023 that has that much heat and it must drive MJ half nuts <laughs> where it's like mjf is widely regarded one of the best heels of all time amazing promo but he doesn't have a tenth of the heat dom has because people like love to hate the character people love to hate dom they love it yeah Three years,
1: renaissance, flying machines, <laughs> I'm telling
2: you. Most over guy in wrestling, Dominic Mysterio.
1: I think the most surprising thing for me on All A Night of Champions was the fact that Asuka upset Bianca Belair. This felt like a big moment to me just because, I, you know, going into it, I think everybody was already kind of looking past Asuka in the rematch. If she'd have lost yeah. here again, arguably dead in the water, aimless, now heated up and we'll be given a chance, and that I'm happy about.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, there was some debate at WrestleMania on who to go, who should go over. So, um, you know, you have, is EO on SmackDown or is she on Raw? EO Sky and Dakota,
1: or EO Sky and Dakota and Bailey. I think they're on Raw. Raw. They were on Raw last night. They should be on Raw.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you're eventually going to have a big baby face in EO, but I don't know. I've been hearing that they want to turn Bianca heel and Montez heel.
1: I'm about it. I've asked Bianca about it uh, on the media, media, media rose on pay-per-view weekends, because I was just like, yeah, you're beloved. And she kind of shot it down. But times change in wrestlers lives, So I think it'd be great. I'm pro Bianca Belair uh, yeah. turning heel. Yep. Um, and real quick, before we get to the the, uh, the Vince note here, I will acknowledge two other women's stories. Fightful reporting Liv Morgan's going to be sidelined with her shoulder injury through at least the summer, which is a which is a bummer. But I'm hopeful that she could kind of go away and come back stronger. I think but- it's
2: actually, you know, look, it always sucks when you get injured, and, like, that that's no fun. Shoulder injuries are no fun. But um, on the same sense, like, if somebody, like, could use the most out of coming back again, it's her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I like her and Raquel together. I mean, they're building chemistry, but it, the, the women's tag titles are just kind of a easy way to fall into paint-drying territory. They kind of just stop is- focusing on storyline and character progression they're just like you are these tag titles and that's kind of how her and Raquel felt so uh now we have a situation where Ronda and Shayna new uh women's tag team champions they mm-hmm. actually looked like happy about it right this is something they've wanted for a long Honestly, time I all you want
2: with Ronda you just want her happy you know and
1: her if she's happy and working with Shayna they gave her the whole fireworks treatment you
2: know yeah i mean I you know i i still like have in a weird place with ronda because i i don't think You know, I think her first run started out really hot. And her second run, this wasn't very good, you know, for the most part. Um, But she's a huge star. So you have to make a big deal about her. Like, it's weird to not make a big deal about her. You cannot make her become Ken Shamrock, you know. Um, You've you've still got to, like, this is one of the best, you know, women's fighters of all time. You still have to have that. So uh, they're in a tricky, they're always going to be in a tricky spot with her, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's like, you know, it would be like if Tom Brady was in WWE, you know, maybe not that much, but like, you know, if like um, Eli Manning was in WWE or something, it would be like, what are you going to like put the guy in jobber matches? It's going to be, it's going to be, it would be weird, you know, plus they're paying her a ton of money.
1: Pat McAfee, great example. He's an actual person. Look how they book him. Although they made him do the NXT match first, but he wasn't quite as famous then. Now he's more
2: famous. No, he wasn't. He wasn't.
1: No. Look how quickly he rose to fame. You know, not that wild? One person who had a quick rise to fame this the past weekend, Tiffany Stratton, picked up the WWE NXT Women's Championship in the finals. I haven't had a chance to actually watch this yet, but I did want to acknowledge it because uh, she wasn't my pick. I thought it was going to be Cora Jade. I thought they'd put a heel there. I thought it was the time for, for Jade to, to be the top heel on that brand, but I was wrong. Tiffany Stratton has been anointed.
2: Well, Tiffany Stratton, they've been hot on for a while, right? I thought she was a heel, but I haven't been really panicked. She
1: to is me. a heel. She's a heel. But I just like, I like the tone Cora J does. And she's been there for a while now and has some, like, experience. Yeah. I'm not saying that Tiffany's going to struggle in this role because she's very, very talented. But she's not as battle-tested in, like, the main event picture as as some of the other women. But I think that are
2: that's, cur- like, that's NXT now, right? It's I like, guess, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's 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 a uh, frying pan into the fire. Really? Sure. Sure. Well, uh, like, uh, that's why the XFL is, I, you know, I thought XFL is like, oh, this is the dumbest thing for him to buy it. But what he's turned it into is kind of different and, and cool, you know? Yeah.
1: Are you talking about The Rock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't caught much of the XFL this season, but. It was interesting enough to me that I'm at the point where it's just where a farm next-
2: league for the NFL. That's yeah, I might it check it. I might start checking it out in the future. Well, that's what it is. Later. I mean, they don't even make bones about it. They're like, our guys, we're, we're trying to get them. It's basically like we're trying to get them NFL contracts, you know?
1: No shame in that. So, no uh, lastly, here, uh, this report from Fightful that is uh, blowing up the sheets here this, this morning. Uh, talent in WWE has heard that Vince McMahon is still sending creative changes, but remotely now. Sometimes with heavy alterations. With that said, talent does feel like they're being given more
2: freedom with promos with Vince gone. Um, I imagine him being in this cartoon Smurfs Tower, you know? <laughs> sure. Who was the, the bad guy for the Smurfs? Just, I know who like, you're. Dr- I know Marley you're. Gargamel, like just like in a hood, just with a quill pen writing his changes <laughs> and having like a crow send the changes to Stanford, you know?
1: And that is how Vince communicates, very yeah, uh, sure. notably, communicates via Bird, right? So, um, Vince writes, he's, uh, he's writing these bird based messages, sending them back. And, um, Vince, uh, apparently saw how much chaos his mere presence caused at the raw after WrestleMania and decided that it would be-, be better for him to work remotely. Um, with that talent who was on the most recent European tour said it was some of the most fun they've had with the company and morale has greatly improved with Vince, not around, but with that said, of course, talent always on guard that Vince could return <laughs> and things could go back to the way they were.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think that it's wise for him to step away. Yeah. Um, you know, you never know with that guy. It's just going to be like, you know, now he doesn't feel like you should be there. Tomorrow he, he may feel like he should be there and he'll come in wearing a cape and, you know, <laughs> You know, like, he'll do whatever he wants, man. I mean, he's just gonna do whatever he wants, especially now that Endeavor bought it, you know, because Endeavor is, uh, I mean, that guy doesn't like, who's the guy that, you know, is the head of Endeavor that... Um,
1: Ari German- Emanuel.
2: Ari Emanuel, yeah. Um, you know, like, if the ratings go down, Ari Emanuel is just gonna fire Vince and put Triple H in power, you know, like, he doesn't care, like, hes he's that kind of guy. But, like, if the ratings are good and and the company's telling tickets, which it kind of is right now, especially compared to like AEW, they're not going to do anything. You know, like Dana White watched a slap boxing league the week, you know, he got caught slapping his wife back at a Vegas club, you know, and who Dana White was even like, yeah, I mean, there's no defense of that, you know, uh, but, you know, like, it's just a bottom line. they're, They're in a, they're in the fight business, which is like the most bottom line business ever. I'm just realizing
1: right now, as I'm putting the piece, it was last year's Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank last year was in Vegas, right? Yeah. And that was the day or like the whatever, the couple day or day after the initial Wall Street Journal report broke. And I'll never forget Vince, Pat McAfee, Steph, Hunter, all popped up front row at the UFC event. That I was remember that.
2: Yeah, I remember that
1: popped up right there at that ufc event he wasn't even in the building for the close of money in the bank none of those people were but it was better for them to optically be appearing ringside or octagon side for the ufc
2: yeah i mean he's not like a guy who has like a lot of hobbies man you know it's like i feel like in his time off he just went out to eat a lot you know that seemed like what all he did it's not like he's not like a guy who's going to be like oh let's uh let's take a sailboat through the Gulf of Mexico. You know, he's just not that he's not like that type of rich dude, you know?
1: Well, um, if somebody told him that the Gulf of Mexico is talking shit about him, they're like, Hey, did you hear Vince? Did you hear the Gulf of Mexico said that you couldn't <laughs> sail it? <laughs> the Gulf of Mexico called you a pussy. Vince. Yeah,
2: then he would, that's the, you know what? Vince may climb Everest before Darby <laughs> Allen, just because of that. Like if Darby was like, Vince couldn't climb this. And then he's like, God damn, pal, I'm going up there. And, He'd die within like a tenth, then. But um,
1: at the very least, he'd be gone for months. But he would
2: be- die doing this Everest thing, by the way.
1: Yes, he very well could. He had
2: he did an interview where he I think it might even. He's been not in great shape. I, I understand he's in great shape in the sense that he's like he's 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 thin. He's not overweight, and he can go really long in the ring. But like he's been through so many like injuries. Wouldn't that be a bad move? Like if something gets dislocated and he's a third way up the mountain or
1: dude well i gotta first of all think tony khan he is making sure darby allen has nothing but the absolute best team for this as he wants to protect his asset here in darby allen but if you've ever gone and watched one of those everest you know 3d movies or imax movies or whatever yeah yeah dude it takes it takes two months to get to the top of this thing It's like there's big cracks where you have to lay ladders down and, like, crawl across ladders and, like, put picks in the side of, you know, ice walls.
2: It's among the things I want to do the least. Oh, my God. For sure.
1: But Vince would love it. He'd be up there. He'd have his little bird. He'd be writing notes. He'd be sending birds off the side of the mountaintop. He would be.
2: He would would love it, man. He He would absolutely. As far as wrestlers who could do it, Who do you think, uh, I mean, uh, hopefully Darby can do it, but I guess uh, maybe Daniel Bryan or he's been like, I always think that guy's tough enough, but he's been through so many brain injuries. Yeah. Brock is too big. So.
1: It would have to be somebody young like 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 Darby. You know who, honestly, I I bet Braun Breaker would scale that thing at about three and a half days. I think Braun Breaker could shoot to the top of that thing and back down in, in less than a week. Well, because he looks like just
2: normal in shape. <laughs> he
1: looks, yeah. he looks like if he was. A, it's like a smart caveman,
2: you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see. I could definitely see that happening for sure.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, and with that, and much love to Brown Breaker, yeah, so, by the
2: way. <laughs> why, why? Why did wait? Wait. Why did brown Breaker? <laughs> Quiet Everest. Oh, he heard his dad was speaking at another wrestling convention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> want to get the hell out of there. Uh, yikes. Uh,
1: uh, well, Dan, uh, uh, before we uh, let you go here today, can you let everybody know one more time how they can uh, go to the show, find more info about the show, all that great stuff?
2: Yes. For, first off, follow me on Instagram, Dan St. Germain. I have the link to the show in the bio. So please come. If you're in the New York area, it's the show I want people to come to more than any other show, eight and ten, old man hustle, uh, off the William, off the Bedford stop on the L. Um, please come there. Eight and ten o'clock shows. We're, we're trying to get them all filled up, folks. Um, yeah, and you know, get them from my, either my Instagram or it's on my website. So, um, right in the uh, in the schedule, it's going to be the only show up there. So, there you go. Uh, check it out. And uh, thank you for having me, Nick. I pre- oh, I also have a podcast called Wrestle Roasts. Where we uh, roast wrestlers and talk modern wrestlers, Nick's been on it several times. One of our highest-rated episodes was Nick talking about uh, Muffin Gate, aka the media scrum. Um, so check that out. And uh, thank you for having me, Nick. I appreciate it.
1: Muffin Gate. God, I can't wait for All Out Chicago. That media scrum is going to be hot. I'm. Deb- I i do not want to bring a muffin. Are you at- coming? Are you going to uh, go? Of course, I'll be there. I mean, if it's in Chicago. I'll be there. I'll, I I put in my media credential application for um, for Collision the other day. So if it's in Chicago, I'll be there. Oh, you'll get in that one. <laughs> I hope I hope so. I hope so. Um, but, no, everything's fine. Adam Hopkins, great hire over there. Their team is great. I'm very happy with yeah, that. There's a lot of good people over there. A lot of great people over there right yeah. now. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you so much uh, for coming into House of Wrestling here. Thank you so much to Premier Streaming Network. I will be back on Thursday. My very good friend Ross Berman is going to be in the house. Of course, Ross and I infamously covered the CM Punk Colt Cabana versus WWE Dr. Amon trial in person. We're going to look back on that a little bit. We're going to talk all the top pro wrestling news of the day. And tomorrow, if you go to the house of wrestling in uh, house of wrestling podcast feed, you can find my inside the robes conversation with Medusa, where she says some deeply unsettling things about the behavior of men on the road in the 1990s with that. Thanks for coming by. Uh, Please grab your coats or your hat off the hat rack over here. Grab your shoes at the door. Thanks for dropping by. You're welcome back anytime.